Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Chumps podcast, back at full strength. John and Nate, how are you guys doing tonight? Let's go. Chiefs won, baby. We, yeah. We got to win, guys. <laughs> We're fine. The yeah, sky hey. isn't falling. Uh, I don't know it, if we can call it that yet. We beat the Eagles that in Philadelphia. It was a. I have a quick theory. Go for it. About this, um, like way more games like we saw against the pitcher. Like I think the days of Mahomes being a gunslinger, crazy quarterback, are kind of you know done and done and gone. Um, I actually do believe that we're going to use Clyde more, kind of like we did against Philadelphia, and I think we're going to win by 7 to 10 points way, 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 way more or less, honestly. I think they're going to kind of be boring games to watch and Mahomes is going to mature. I agree with that because everybody that plays us just plays too high, too safety's high, sorry, and takes away the deep balls. So that way we have to, like, methodically walk the ball down the field, essentially. Yeah. Um. But it actually I mean, hurts us, which is crazy. Like it, it's crazy to say that our offense is actually worse when we're playing conservative. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because we don't, you don't get those big plays and everything, um, and our defense is terrible. So our defense is bad. I mean, if if we got a bigger lead, I think teams would not play two safety high and they'd be more aggressive. But yeah. since our defense is bad, they can. Anyway, enough about the Chiefs. Uh, we're going to move into the question of the pod. Question of the Let's pod. do it. Also, one more thing about the Chiefs. Josh Gordon is going to play a lot on Sunday. A lot? How much? I think he gets at least 40% of the snaps. Minimum. Uh, oh, minimum? I was going to say maximum 40%. That was what, do you expect his, what do you expect his, uh, his role to be? Um. The second best receiver on the roster. <laughs> I honestly couldn't think of a better comp than Sammy Watkins <laughs> last year because that's exactly what I expect Josh Gordon to be. I think he'll be better than Sammy Watkins. But bigger year. and faster. I think he'll be better than Sammy was. That's interesting. If you take out the Jaguars game, I think he'll be better. Sammy's, <laughs> Sammy's kind of balling out this year, though. He's I'm happy right. for Sammy, honestly. I hate that he's a Raven, but I'm happy that he's playing better. I feel like he yeah. could extend his career this year. That's true. I, I, feel bad healthy. A, I feel bad he has a running back as a quarterback. But uh, moving on to the question of the podcast. Check that box off for this episode. Got the it. Mars Slander. <laughs> Mars Slander. Uh, so the question of the podcast, I think, John, is this yours again? This is mine. Okay. Um, what player has been a breakout and has flown under the radar? Nate, you've been a little quiet so far. Why don't you go ahead? All right. So the player that I had for this question, uh, I may have stolen John's actually, but I have Chase Edmonds. Uh, I'm going to call him RB1, maybe even RB2 behind Kyler Murray for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think he fell into that little bit of like a gray area or the – this. Uh, stay away from zone when uh, when drafting running backs. He was just in one of those guys that um, was going a little early and we didn't really know what kind of role he was going to play with James Conner there splitting carries as well. But um, we have seen that Chase Edmonds is clearly um, the pass catching role out of the backfield and he is being very productive so far with only really just about 60% snap share during the games. It's been averaging 14 points, about five targets a game, and he does not have a touchdown on the season yet either. I would – Are you serious? If you, was, if you have Chase Edmonds right now – Yeah. If you have Chase Edmonds now, um, keep him. And he does, start he starting him soon. Because, no. And I, I think the touchdown – you 
James Conner's gotten a lot of like the goal line touches. If they're not doing yeah. the lead option with with Kyler to to pound it in, um, it's been James Conner from like the two. I mean, that's been happening. I think James Conner has two, t- four touchdowns in the last two games, if I'm not mistaken, and they've all I'm been on sure that's right. just goal line powered in. So, um, but yeah, I think he's my guy. Really, somebody I didn't even notice until today when I was flipping through some of the fantasy rankings. Um, he's totally gone under my radar. But, uh, Lake, who did you have? I'm sorry. I'm just a disbelief. I thought he had totally had touchdown. I know he – I know James Conner's got the goal line. Sorry. Uh, my guy is the guy – I know it's only been four weeks, but that I he was my guy coming into the season – I'm so glad it's worked out because this is my ultimate flex so far. It is Jalen Hurts. I got him in every single lead I could. Unfortunately, it was only two out of three leagues. But right now, he's the quarterback three. I think I drafted him in the ninth round. I think maybe eighth. One of those two. Um, Hasn't had a game below 20 points. And the 20-point game was against the Cowboys when the Eagles were awful. So even when he doesn't play, or even when the team doesn't play well, he still has enough fantasy relevance to kind of get those points. Um, his next four games are the Panthers, Bucks, the Raiders, and then the Lions. So I'm expecting good things out of those because the Bucks defense has not been good. Uh, and the Panthers showed against the Cowboys, they, you know, they're exploitable. So I think... He's still going to do very well. And I love his playoff schedule, by the way. Week 12-13 is the Giants-Jets. So, big fan of Jalen Hurts. John. I You actually drafted him in the ninth round. Um, I went Thank and looked. I had, I had our draft results up. Um, sleeper that's under – or my sleeper that's under – breakout that's kind of gone under the radar is Hunter Renfro and this one's a little reached and like Nate said um, he didn't steal it but I kind of had both Renfro and Edmonds in mind Renfro because he was also thinking of Edmonds but my one knock on Renfro before I highlight the positives snap percentage has been 55% 44% 52% and 67% so like not bad, but he's been consistent. That's the thing with Renfro. He's gotten nine targets, seven targets, six targets, and eight targets for double six receptions. What do you say? Sorry, double digits every week. Yeah, right. And so, like, my comp to him right now is like, I guess, like a Robert Woods esque. Like, he's obviously not going to be as good as Robert Woods was last season or the year before. But I think the consistency is going to be there. And I think in large part that's due to Darren Waller and due to the fact that Waller had 19 targets in week one. So I think people saw that and it was just absolutely ridiculous because Waller made a comment about it. I think Pittsburgh was their week two matchup, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Waller made a postgame comment about it saying like, it was impossible. Like there were always like two guys shadowing me pretty much the entire game. Like it was impossible for him to, to get one-on-one coverage. So that may calm down if Waller continues to be a little bit lackluster. And I honestly think that's because of schemes that we, that Waller has seen since that week one performance. But for the time being, I think the Raiders are, I wouldn't necessarily say legitimate. I think they are slight playoff contenders, probably the last spot in the playoffs. But as long as they're playing well, I think Renfro is a very good target because I think you could still probably get him for cheap right now. He's probably on waivers in a lot of people's leagues. I just looked this up. He's only rostered at 45% of leagues right now, or 55. Luckily, I, I picked him up super late before games this week, so I got him in our league of record. Um but after after this round of waivers, he, he will definitely shoot up an ownership percentage. Uh, he will be basically non-existent. Yeah, 55. Sorry. He went up 44%. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Uh, so all three great players. I really like Chase Edmonds. 
coming into the season. I was just kind of worried about his workload, but prove me wrong. So uh, moving into the negative section is the injuries. Woo. There's, there's a rough one. This was unfortunately a rough one. Joe Mixon, low-grade ankle strain, officially considered day-to-day according to Zach Taylor. I have him in two leagues, no, one league, so I really hope it's a day-to-day. Uh, he might miss a week, though, so we'll see. Um, with that, David Montgomery knee sprain out about four to five weeks. They feared ACL, but haven't heard any word of that, so that's good. Um, Damian Williams is the next guy up. Is he? Is Damian Williams the guy to have? Absolutely. Um, if you're on a fab system, like to me, I feel comfortable spending 60 plus fab on Damian Williams if even, you have it available still. Even if it's only for four or five weeks? 100%, yeah. Nate? Yeah, I had really very little experience with the fab system. Um, but yeah, I was going through every single waiver, uh, room I had in all of my leagues trying to get him this morning. Yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, I think we all have them. Do we, do we all have a claim form in our league? A hundred percent. I haven't set mine yet, but yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think there's a chance that I could get him too. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any chance of me getting him. In fact, I didn't even put in a waiver claim because <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, I think in our Dynasty League, though, he's available. So Yeah, Dynasty is a little different. I don't I mean, still spend some time on him. But... Kill me, man. Um, yeah, he's still available. Hmm. Oh, no, anyway. Joe has him in our league. <laughs> oh, that's right. I don't know why. But uh, I was thinking about my other league. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, calf contusion, questionable to play week five. Wasn't as bad as originally thought, but is still just showing that he's not very healthy. Um, if he's available in a league, are you guys trying to pick up Trey Lance or are you a wait and see to actually see if Jimmy G's not playing? I think this is a very big week for waivers. So to hold up a spot for Trey Lance for him to potentially not play. Yeah. And then for Jimmy G to come back and probably reclaim the starting spot anyways. I mean, if you're like, if you have one loss or if you're undefeated, go for it, in my opinion. But there's, there are a lot of good waiver ads this week. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. So, um, Teddy Bridgewater got a concussion, unlikely to play week five. Vic Banjo said, I won't rule it out, but he probably won't play week five. Nate, what is, how does this change your perception of all the Broncos players? Well, the Broncos players are dropping like flies currently. I mean, it seems like uh, three of their starting wide receivers are injured at the moment. Mm-hmm. Corlin Sutton is, and Tim Patrick are the two that I've been seeing flying around the screens. So whoever the heck Tim Patrick is, um, I guess you may want to pick him up if he's on waivers in your league. Might want to um, trade for him. <laughs> yeah, whoever's got him is a really lucky guy. <laughs> he's got a lot of value. I told, but, uh, I told you I was helping you for I think I think John may be able to uh, attest more to this because he is the uh, – the Drew Locke, Locktober fanboy, oh, yeah. <laughs> has much more uh, knowledge on on Drew Locke's ability to chuck it deep. Who are they? I, I wish I knew their matchup off the top of my head. Does anybody know who they play this week? The Broncos. Yeah, I got it. Um, they play the uh, Steelers. They play the Steelers this week. That's uh, that's going to be a Not bad good. game to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean. I, I am a Drew Lock fanboy, and I do believe in Drew, but I think that there were some good comments of, you know, the Broncos wide receivers are struggling as it is. Noah Fant, okay, sure, whatever. Um, the backup tied in, nobody else is going to know this besides me, Albert O. No, I know, um, I know. Albert, like, okay. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, I have Albert, no idea who that is. Hawaiian man. So they, 
Albert O, I don't know. I think he broke some sort of SEC tight end record. Um, so he actually played at Mizzou with Drew, and he was a third-round pick maybe. He was, like, flirting with the first-round pick conversation. His junior year decided to come back. But uh, there's some chemistry there. Anyway, not relevant for fantasy. He's actually been okay this year. But, um, no, that's not going to be a good game. And I would <laughs> look. I would look somewhere else besides Drew for this week. Love him to death, but pro- look, look somewhere else. <laughs> I, that's going to be one of those games that if you're watching Red Zone on Sunday, it's just never going to cut to it, ever. It's going to cut to it for, like, an interception to 50-yard line. No, it's gonna, it's, there's going to be a field goal to cut to. That doesn't qualify for Red Zone. Oh, really? I did not know that. No, it, they'll, they'll show that if there's not much going on. But there could Red be Zone some long is field goals. the way. Denver. Or is it in Denver or Pittsburgh? Maybe. If it's in Denver, Pittsburgh. oh, you're going to see some bombs. Pittsburgh. Some bombs. Pittsburgh. Oh, maybe not, Ben. I, I know. know. No Najee Harris is the best player in that game. I don't but, know. Javante Williams. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> pretty garbage. Hey, listen. Uh, he's better than Melvin Gordon. They're just dumb. Anyway, Will Fuller hurt his hand. He's out again. He's already, Yeah, I don't know. He's already listed out. Which, if if you're uh, I don't know, I, I wouldn't. It opens much. it opens the conversation to stream Devontae Parker if you're really desperate this week, which ironically I am in one of the leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I think it helps the value of my tight end one on my, oh my roster. My don't history. even don't even take the opportunity to try to boost Mike Kosicki. He's gonna have a good week. News. Anyway, Amari Cooper, hamstring, rib injury, limited in practice. Nate, you have him on your roster. Uh, any update? I sure do. Nope, <laughs> I've been trying not to look, honestly. Sure has um, sucked lately anyways. <laughs> but, uh, no, I am a little fearful for Amari Cooper. Uh, his health, ever since week one, he's really not looked the same. He's been battling the same kind of uh lingering nagging injury um to his rib and hamstring i think it was the rib was the first one to come yeah i believe and he that's the one he's been kind of playing through um but you can you can kind of tell since then i just i hope their bye week's coming soon <laughs> so he can get rested and healthy yeah i think it's week seven right yeah, i think so I, I think that's. I had right. Zeke in one of my leagues, and so I was checking that out a couple of days ago. Isn't but, um, this kind of isn't seven, this yeah. kind of common for Amari? Like, isn't he typically banged up and always plays anyway? Or am I making this is actually the first time I've really ever owned him before. So I I don't know on Amari's past, but I didn't think he missed like a ton of games. No, but I think he's kind of like Julio, where it's like he's got an information yeah. all week long and he doesn't practice, and then it's like, oh, he played. And he dropped 20 balls. <laughs> he has missed he two be. games in the last three years. That's really good. Which is kind of pretty good. But he, he always but, has the – John, you're right. He's like Julio. He always has that red Q next to his name. Yeah. He, he was the yeah. game drops, too. For anybody who didn't get that reference, I know Leighton did. I did. He was he was the king of drops. What's, what's the king of drops? He dropped the most passes in the NFL by landslide over the first like five years of his career. Yeah, when he was with Oakland. Yeah, and his first year at Dallas, I think. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, it helps when you have Derek Arthur in the ball. Anyway, Derek Carr throws a pretty catchable pass for the uh, D backs. <laughs> Accurate. Anyway, um, last injury report: Logan Thomas, hamstring injury. Only played five snaps Sunday. Um, if there's somebody who's desperate for a tight end, I would trade Logan Thomas. He is. I don't know. I just I don't have many leagues, but based on what I've seen, if you take away the two touchdowns, he hasn't done much. But. Um, don't know how long he'll be out with that hamstring injury. They can vary, but just keep your eye on that for week five. I almost forgot what week it was. It's going fast, boys. Uh, it has flown, honestly. I know. We, we need to slow things down. I hate it. Yeah. It's 
it's just been so much fun. My one and three, zero oh and four, two and two, and two and two. <laughs> uh, they're there. Well, um, it comes should, and it goes. Should we uh, take a should we take a quick break thing? That sounds it. great. Yeah, Let's we'll get we'll, some uh, some tissues. Yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Chumps Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today. Uh, we are, again, going over just basically reactions from the week. So we kind of recapped all the injuries, talked some news, kind of shot, you know, the bleep, but um, almost did it again. <laughs> but now we're going to kind of go on to the stud and dud categories. I think... John, you kind of set this all up. So, do you want to like lead this one or? Yeah, we'll go for it. Sure. Um, so, to say that I've personally been attacked and impacted by these next three players is an understatement. Uh, especially the second one. Especially the second one. No, the second one actually, I've had his, I've had him on my roster for his best week of the year, and it was still terrible. So, the first one, Brandon Ayuk. Um, I'll ask you guys the question first, and then we'll lead a little bit. Stud or dud? Uh, is this the question? Like, yeah, it is. For sure. Like what? stud going forward or like Right, stud? yeah. I mean, oh. like we, know, we know what he's been so far. Like that's – Okay. We don't oh, okay. So these, are all, these are all kind of <laughs> duds. The next couple are. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like these guys have been – So far. So far. Okay. Outlook for Brandon Ayuk. It hasn't been good with Jimmy G, so I hope it's better with Trey Lance. Whatever it is, I hope Trey Lance falls in love with Brandon Ayuk, thinks he's the cutest guy ever, throws him the ball every time he gets uh, gets a chance to throw it. But um, no, Brandon Ayuk scares scares me. Um, I don't know if it's going to get any better. Honestly, I've lost all hope. Is he droppable right now? Yes. No, I don't think he's droppable yet. Well, it depends who you're dropping him for, but yes, he's droppable. Fair enough. Um, okay, so right now, 84% owner percentage. Um, I'm sure that's going to change a lot after this waiver, especially if he has another bad week. Um, it'll. I think if he has another bad week, it'll drop below 50%. Position rank for the year, he is 91st. That puts him at an average point per week of... <laughs> 4.7. To name some of the notable players who have been better performers than Brandon Ayuk this year. Cedric Wilson. What team is he uh, on? Really? You don't know that? He's on the Cowboys. He is on the Cowboys. Okay. He's actually been like fairly He had a nasty spin move. Okay, I was just making sure that's who we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's number one. Um, right. Byron Byron Pringle. Know who that All is? The, we're all big fans. Kadarius Tony, who I actually do like Kadarius Tony. Like if you're like doing DFS this week, I think Kadarius Tony is actually a really good player. Was this his first game he played? I think so. Yeah. That's okay. So he, he put up more points in one yes, game? That is that would be correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Brandon Ayuk has been pathetic so far. Just drop him and move on. Like I'm, I have him in my other league, my other main league, and I think if, I'm in a, if you're hurting somewhere, drop it. Do you think anybody would trade anything for him? No, nobody would. And like that's the thing is like, I mean, I'm not gonna start him. <laughs> um, like you can't moving start on. him over. Sorry, Robbie Anderson. Uh, stud Leighton, we don't need to talk to you about this. Nate, stud or dud, rest of the year. Um, I think, I think stud relative to what he's, he's been so far, I mean, averaging 7.8 points, you'll get into it. But, um, I think, I think Robbie Anderson will improve off of what he's put out so far. So Layton, you recently dropped him in our league of record. Do you have any comments about last week's performance? I mean, I didn't even see it because it was so relevant. I don't. I, I I was burned. I thought for sure, like 
he had 9.9 points. He did have 11 targets, though. He had 11 targets, but, like, I I don't know. uh, He had as many targets in that game. I was going to say, there's more weeks. Right, yeah, that doubled his targets for the year. So, okay, I'm going to be more logical now. They were losing that game for a majority of it. They had to throw it more. So, basically, the way I took away from it is if you want anything from Robbie Anderson, he has to be – it, the Panthers have to be like in a negative game script or losing in order for him to have any hope for success. So like when they play, huh? I, I said, I, and I agree. Oh yeah. Um, but I would still not keep him on my roster and I did not. Uh, the, I mean, I was happy to pick him up. I mean, I'd pick him up. Like if I knew he was playing like a bad team, like the Eagles next week, hoping he, or sorry, a good team that they're going to be losing against. And then hopefully he does well and then you can trade him. Because other than that, I like you're not starting him over anybody. He's the 69th ranked wide receiver right now for a reason. So, I mean, from this point on, can he, like, I mean, he's going to break into like the top 35 and then you start him. It's, it's slim in my opinion. So I did some crazy, like, in-depth research, and I tried to come up with, like, a statistical way to rank players based off of value and, like, strength of schedule and opponents, like, how they match up against the pass for the year. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore were actually, like, two of the highest on that list. And, like, I'm not saying that my statistics were correct by any means because, obviously, those two guys have been at different ends of the spectrum. But I'm going to give Robbie the benefit of the doubt because they did pay him this offseason. And I know that, like, Leighton, you're more of a contract year kind of guy rather than the guys who have already been paid. But I'm just saying, like, the Panthers believe in Robbie, and I don't think they'll move away with him. I I can see both sides of, like, the case with, like, Christian McCaffrey. And, okay, he's injured, so in theory that frees up more touches for Robbie Anderson. But at the same time, like – the distraction of McCaffrey maybe hurts Robbie because he's not necessarily a super high talent guy. Anyway. Um, well, he's also coming back soon to McCaffrey. So. Right. And I'm saying like, I can see both arguments for it. And I'm not That's sure fair. which one's more correct. Um, not much else to talk about with Robbie. Uh, Allen Robinson. Your guy. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, is that going into the year, I hated Allen Robinson. And I was pretty open about it. And I still drafted him in two of my leagues. I hated like, him too, and I didn't draft him anyway. It just sucks. It doesn't feel good to have him on your team. Nate. But, yeah, Nate, let's, what do you got to say on this? Did you draft Allen Robinson at all? No, I did not. I, I may have gotten him. I ha, I actually have him in a standard league, which has been – uh, abysmal. I'm saying, so, <laughs> like he's he's not even startable. Like I haven't put him in my lineup for two weeks now. John, but, would, um, sorry, John, would yeah. you trade him in our league record? I don't have him in our league record. Oh, never mind. Thought you did. Uh, Wait, I thought you do. No. What? No. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you no, do. What? Oh, shoot. I'm mixing up leagues. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. I mean, okay. but the thing is, is, like, it's just, if you trade him now, like, you're not going to get anything for him. And, right. like, I tried to use him, like, Nate and I were talking about a trade earlier today, and, like, I tried to use him as, like, a sweetener. Like, I'm huh. just like, hey, I mean, this guy doesn't have any value, but, like, he does have the upside. Like, if, I don't know. Like, Matt Nagy said today that whenever Andy Dalton's healthy again, he's going to be a starter, which I think is ridiculous, but whatever. Matt Nagy won't have a job. Matt Nagy, I think, wants to get fired. But (laughs) it's – I do think that's actually good for Allen Robinson. But at the same time, like, the Bears are just so dysfunctional this year. So, anyway – it depends on where you're at. I'm one in three in this league, so like I'm trying to trade him because I just need to make something happen. Something needs to change. But 
if you can afford to sit on Allen Robinson, do it. And if he has like two more bad weeks, just drop him. Yeah. yeah. My thing is he won't be worse than this. He could be, honestly. Oh wow, okay. Well never mind then. <laughs> Actually, how many, how many touchdowns does he have? No, I don't zero. Think. He might have one. No, it's definitely zero. Oh, he does. One. Yeah. What? Okay. His best you. week. Two receptions on four targets for twenty four yards and a touchdown. Like I don't understand why they don't just throw him the ball. Nah, I, I don't. Well, I, I don't know Sorry, about the stat. Whenever they played the Browns, Justin Fields dropped back on 20. So he threw the ball 20 times. 13 of those passing plays, the Bears only had five pass protectors. Mm-hmm. Which is like stupid, stupid high percentage to only have five pass protectors. Like the majority of the time there are like six or more. That's weird. On average pass plays. And so, like, I credit a little bit of the dysfunction of that game. I mean, like, the Browns was a tough one for him to open. Like, I discredit a little bit of that, or I credit a little bit of that dysfunction to the fact that I don't think Matt Nagy, and, like, I'm not going to get into it. But, like, I've heard the argument of, like, why it was such an abysmal performance. And I think the bottom line is Maggie has had 150 days to prepare for Justin Fields, and he didn't. Like, he was just, like, set on starting Andy Dalton for the season. So, anyway, yes. not going to get on that horse. But let's talk about some guys who have been a little better. This <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about him a little earlier in the episode. Uh, Chase Edmonds was one of the guys that – I wanted to highlight, and I think it is a worthy question to ask Stud or Dud for the rest of the season because, as Nate mentioned, there's been a little salt and pepper James Conner in the mix. What do we think for the rest of the year, boys? Um, this one's tough. As I'm looking at your your list of some people that he's been better than this year, I don't think that that's sustainable. That being ahead of Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, I think that's only a matter of time before those guys start clicking in their offenses. I like each of them. I expect to be higher than Chase Edmonds by the end of the year. The only little caveat for Chase Edmonds is that he's had no touchdowns yet. I mean, right. um, if he's – but I, I don't know if that's really his, his uh, role at all. I don't know if he'll see many of that unless it's uh, – uh, re- rece- receiving touchdowns. Um, I don't know. I, I'm it's not kinda, sure. Honestly. It's kind of like the Clyde stuck. argument. I think he's, I really think he stays like right here the rest of the year, pretty close to it. I think some of these guys uh, that you, that you listed um, jump ahead of him. He may drop, give or take a few. Um, so the I think flip side of that is like, is like, well, I probably shouldn't name these players, but like, I don't know if JD McKissick is above him or not. Um, no. The two guys I was going to name are actually the next two on our list. Spoiler alert. We'll wait. Um, <laughs> Patterson and Hunt are right we... above him. So, like, I'm saying the argument goes both ways of like, there are guys mm-hmm. who are below him in the rankings right now that mm-hmm. are probably going to surpass him, but there are and some... guys ahead of him that'll probably, yeah, yeah fall out. Yeah. I got He's... you. He's very comparable to Clyde, in my opinion, because obviously we watch every Chiefs game, and he doesn't get goal line work. Clyde, like Chase Edmonds, doesn't get goal line work either. So it's an interesting comp, both on good offenses. Chase Edmonds has more juice than Clyde, but might not be as physical or as gifted as a runner. So, um, if Connor were to go down, which like. I know that we've listened to the footballers a lot and like they expect him to at some point because he is very injury prone. Mm-hmm. Is Edmonds a running back one? Rest of season from that point is considering Connor goes down for the year. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, unless no. they have a, a scheme that replaces uh, Connor with another power back, like I, I, if some of that work goes to, Chase Edmonds, I think that immediately puts him in that conversation. Uh, in my opinion, if he's if he's only if, if his 
if his snap percentage right now is roughly 60%, if that goes up another 5 to 10%, if Connor goes down, maybe even more than that. Um, I think he's like a – I think he's like an Aaron Jones type. So that's the, what, yeah, that's I think that's a better comp than Clyde, honestly. That's fair. Uh, Jonathan Ward, second-year player out of Central Michigan, six foot, two hundred two pounds, a little bit bigger of a back, so probably more of a James Conner type. I would not put him in the RB one, even with. Uh, Why is that? Uh, I mean, I put him in like a high RB two. I just don't know if like his floor to me is high enough to be that I'd take him over like 10 other guys. I'll make an argument that I, and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with this. I'm just like devil's advocate. I'll, I'd make the argument that Kyler Murray would see the biggest uptick in rushing touchdowns yes. compared to Edmonds. That was also part of the reasoning as well. Cause it's not just, you know, like with the Chiefs, for going back to that example, like Mahomes doesn't run in very many touchdowns in like stereotypical like run plays, but Kyler does. And so if Kyler's the second option on a running play at the goal line, you know, the best chases right now is three. And then if um, Connor goes the best, he could be his two. So he'll never be the number one. Okay. Um, Patterson. So. Real quick to wrap up, Edmonds, he's ranked number 11 right now. I don't know if we touch on this. Ranked number 11, and his average points per week are 14.9, which is higher than I thought before I went to look at it, even though I knew he was kind of under the radar. Um, Cordero Patterson, this is so stupid. We talked about this a little bit before the show. Um, he is the second-ranked running back at the moment in fantasy football. He averages 20.9 points a week, and if you were wondering, you probably knew this already, he went undrafted on the year. Absolutely. This, like, just, like, nails on a chalkboard. Just the most annoying thing ever, in my opinion. And the fact that, like, he went through waivers, and, like, for the most part, I think most fantasy players who we would compare to ourselves just kind of like let him go by the wayside you're like oh like yeah he's Cordero Patterson like we saw this with the Bears last year he's not really going to be an impact player oh my gosh it's so frustrating so rest of the season what are your expectations for Patterson I mean I don't want to make the same mistake of just like writing him off and being like oh Patterson he's you know he's got to stop at some point like I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. Nate, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go? You can go. If you have Cordell Patterson in a league right now, unless you're undefeated, trade him with somebody else to upgrade. There, There is – okay, I don't want to say there's no chance. There is a very slim chance he's a top 10 whatever running back by the end of the year. Like, I don't think it's possible. Uh, the The reason why he's doing so good, well, last week he had three touchdowns. That speaks for itself. But uh, ever since week two, he's averaged seven, seven, and six targets a game. And, you know, like average like yards is probably like 65, 70 on that. Like that's, that's crazy. Yards per catch over 11, that's insane. He attempts some on the ground, but who really cares? It's 7 for 11, 7 for 20, and 6 for 34. People are going to figure out that he's going to get looks. He might keep it up. Like he, he's, I think he's startable the rest of the year, that's for sure. But I just don't think there's any way teams don't try to slow him down, and I don't think he ends up as a top 10 running back at all. So this is – Absolutely ridiculous. Cordero Patterson on sleeper. I have an RB three in standard, both standard and PPR. His snap percentage has been 35% snaps per game. Yes. And he has four touchdowns through no five touchdowns through four games. I, I don't know how 
those stats work work into a running back three. Like it makes no sense to me. I don't think it's sustainable. Like, yes, I think there is a world where Cordero Patterson could end up top 12 for running backs. Um, At 11 or 12. But I think you also have to consider that uh, really Calvin Ridley hasn't gotten going this year. Mike Davis, very quiet. If that's going to be his role for the rest of the season, good for Cordero Patterson. Um, If he's going to be the explosive guy. Kyle Pitts, another one that they really have not established in their offensive scheme yet. Um, I just, I, and I think those work with each other. I think as Calvin Ridley gets back to his elite level, I think you'll see Cordero fade away a little bit more by the end of the year when Pitts is getting a little more targets and a little more work. I think you can see Cordero fade out a little bit more. Um, like Layden, actually, right when you were giving your point, Layden, I was kind of thinking like, no, nah, I don't think I agree with you. But, like, after thinking about it more, I'm with you. I think if you have Cordero, um, I would try and trade him for a lot. I think he's worth quite a bit. Yeah, because if, you, if somebody is getting him, you, it's not like he's going to be unstartable. I just don't think he'll average, you know, basically the – What, you don't third, think he'll average 21 a game? I, I do not think he'll average 21 a game. He might average, like – Anywhere from 10 to 15, which is good. Good flex. Um, one thing I was also going to point is Russell Gage has been hurt this year, hasn't been healthy. Um, and so it's just, yeah, like Nate said, there's not a ton going on behind him personally. So I think that's going to ramp up a little bit. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I look at Patterson as like, if there's going to be anybody who expands in that offense, it is going to come from Patterson's pool of usage. And it's just going to dwindle down more and more and more as people expand or develop or whatever it is. Like we talked about Ridley, he's, he's kind of been in, yeah. he's underperformed, but he hasn't been like a slouch by any means. Um, no. And then the same goes for Kyle Pitts. It's the same. And like Mike Davis hasn't been really that efficient. Like we saw like a positive Mike Davis in Carolina last year, and we're not seeing the same one with Atlanta. Um if we can stick on here. What do you guys make of the snap percentage thing? Because, like, I mean, I guess it's on high. the other other side of the coin, it's like like if he's producing this much on this few of opportunities, like, what does that mean? Like, if he gets so, a few more snaps a game, could he be that much more efficient? Uh, no. In my opinion, I think like if somebody's doing this well on low percentage, like like he's overperforming per snap basis, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, in my opinion, how many snaps. It's like when for McCaffrey plays, he always has a high like per snap, like point per snap ratio. Cordell Patterson's is probably higher than McCaffrey's is right now because he's playing so few snaps. So let's say Cordell comes back to like his average. Or like maybe a little above his average, but plays more snaps. I don't think that moves the needle a ton, in my opinion. John, yeah. you're the stats guy. Uh, yeah, I'm the stats guy. Um, no, I. I mean, like Nate said, I see both sides of the argument, and it's tough because, like, I I said it. Like I said, I'm I don't want to take like the ignorant side of the argument and just be like, ah, oh, like you can't. Like, it's impossible because, like, he proved us wrong. Like, it is. It, it, it is very possible that he can do this. And I'll give both arguments. Like, he's, I think he's 29 years old. He's in the twilight of his career. 30 years old. 30. Uh, <laughs> That's a milestone. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, so, like, he's bounced around from the Raiders to the Bears and now the Falcons ever since leaving the Vikings. And, like, there's a reason for that because he's not, like, a super talented guy. But, like, if they figured out how to use him in in Atlanta, he was, like, a game-changing type player. He wasn't, like, a super utilized player before this season. But, like, he is kind of that, like, you know, McCole Hardman is on the Chiefs roster because he's – extremely fast like he has who's the old ability devin hester 
Yeah, and like, I, it, it's a different comp, but like I see the comparison for sure. And so, those are my two arguments. Is like, okay, like he's old, he's kind of irrelevant, he's on a one year deal, like, or maybe is he on a two year deal? I, he's got to be on a one year deal. I don't know. Um, but like, so there's that argument, and then there's the argument like, well, he's done it so far, so. I think a floor for end of year for Patterson is probably like wide receiver slash running back 30, like whichever position you want to look at it. And his ceiling is probably like 16 or 17. Is this from like this point on for like whole, whole end year? Of season. Okay. End of season. Just making yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's where I see him. Take it or leave it. Um, more power to you if he's on your roster. Last person we're going to spotlight is Kareem Hunt. Ooh. He is the RB7 on the year. Really wish he was still on a Chiefs uniform. Average points per week, 16.9. And in our league, he was drafted in the seventh round. I think it was 7.4 that he was taken with. So, yes. Um, pretty good value. Will he sustain it? That is the question. Leighton, what do you think? No. Good talk. Uh, no, I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> sorry. It's it's kind of the uh, Cordell, sorry, Cordell Patterson argument, except with a better player on a better roster, right? Um, so Kareem Hunt right now, highest snap percentage of the year is 53%. That was last week. Uh, the one thing he has going for him is he gets targets, but like through the first three weeks, he 47, 38, 41% of the snaps. Nick Chubb's... Um, gets goal line work a lot this year. I'm not so sure if that's the case, but it, you know, he's a good player. I think Kareem Hunt's honestly just hit or miss. Cause like week two, I know it was against the Houston Texans, but 6.3 points, you know, nothing to, to write home about. So I think he'll still be playable. Just not the running back eight. I think the one thing that is, um, that you kind of did leave out of your argument or that you overshadowed is like Kareem Hunt is a much more talented running back than Cordero Patterson. And oh, yeah. So like, and like not saying that you like necessarily made the comp, but like you did mention it. And so like, I think that is one thing to keep in your back pocket when you're thinking about Kareem Hunt is like, this is a super talented running back. And like, to me, there's way more, there's a much larger attraction to Kareem Hunt than Patterson because like yes okay there's the side of if something happened to Chubb I think Hunt is like immediately in the top five running back conversation absolutely for fantasy and even if something doesn't happen to Chubb like we've seen that week in and week out Kareem can still be a top 10 running back with him so um Nate how, how do you view Kareem for the rest of the year yeah, um, I think it's tough. I think it'll be kind of more of the same give and take between him and Chubb throughout the whole year. Like, I don't see them being further than eight spots away from the uh, from away from each other in running back rankings by the time the season's over. I think Chubb is, is the leader of the pack after 17 games this season, but... Um, I mean, I think Hunt definitely carries that upside of pass catching, and he has actually gotten much more of the goal line work this year. They've just put him in there, and he does that little jump over the the line kind of thing. Yeah, he's automatic with that, so he's been getting a lot of the goal line work, goal line touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I if, if I didn't have him, I don't think I would necessarily be overpaying for him. If I had him, I would want a lot for him. So if, if you have him out there, probably just keep him or find some, some fool to pay you, pay you more than what he's probably worth with Nick Chubb in the same backfield as him. I would like to know based on game scripts so far, I know it's only four games, how they utilize each player. Cause I think that could also play a little bit of a factor because if they're winning, I think they'd rather have Chubb running the ball. But I don't have any stats to back that up. Kareem Hunt doesn't fumble. That is true. 
He does not. I don't know. That was kind of a joke. He really doesn't fumble. He, so. No, I mean, he never fumbled at Toledo. And then never, his first, first carry like in the NFL, he fumbled. And then I don't know he, if he fumbled for the rest of the year. He did not. He has three fumbles his NFL career since 2017. That's so he has three fumbles since high school. <laughs> yep. His whole life. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he has four. Sorry. Not that. Oh, nice. you're right. I saw that one. I see the one at the bottom. Yeah, but four, I mean, he's a good player. But this is where I was saying, you guys call me crazy. If he was traded to the Rams and Daryl Henderson wasn't there and Cam Akers was still hurt, or maybe they ship out Cam Akers, whatever. If he's the guy in the Rams, he'd be top six running back. Easy. I I 100% agree with you. I think he may even be higher than that. Like, if Kareem Hunt was on a team with a good offensive line and he was the only guy there, I would put – CMC, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, like maybe, maybe Derrick Henry or Saquon, and then Kareem Hunt. Like he's in that group though. Zeke there too. Like I think he's in that group though with Saquon, Zeke, Derrick Henry. That maybe is more of a more of a fun dreaming question. Yeah. I'm dreaming right now. <laughs> Nate, well, since we're dreaming, let's pass it over to end the episode with your favorite segment. The lock <laughs> of the week. Not Drew Lock, because right. he's not good. Hey. Well. I said it. Chase at me. All right. So it is Locktober. And Drew Locke is playing again. He's playing football. Not well, but he's playing football. Um, for the Denver Broncos. Don't tune this in is, for the game. <laughs> this has been our barn burner. No, you won't be able to find it. Um, but there, this has been one of my favorite segments to do. But since we started it since week one, I was gone for a couple weeks. So uh, we just kind of had to postpone it for a bit. But I've been keeping track. And I've been killing it. I have been hitting some layups, as Layton would call it, last week. As the yes. Ravens cover plus one at the Denver Broncos, <laughs> they so crush dumb. them. I don't know what that line was. I don't know what Vegas thought. They, I have no idea. But the Broncos scored seven points in that game. And it wasn't even close. <laughs> so we are 4-0 on the locks of the week. Going into week five. Hold on, Layton. Did, how did you do last week? I don't remember the game I picked. Well, I think it was the Browns. Minus two and a half, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were very confident on that one. Yeah. Let's go. So <laughs> Jake, uh, I can't remember what Jake picked last week. What did he have? He had – hold on. I actually can find this right here. He had two, I remembered. So Jake went with plus two Colts versus Finns, the Dolphins. Uh, that covered, and Bucks minus seven. That did not. So Jake goes one and one. But for week five, I want to turn this over to you guys. Give me your picks. Give me your uh, expert advice. John, no. First time. All right. I think you should go first. Oh, nothing like your first time. Um, probably means <laughs> it's not going to be a good experience. So. My game for this week, I'm going to go Packers minus three in Cincinnati. Um, I, think this, I think this is a no-brainer. Um, as I said during the break, Cincinnati, they're frauds. <laughs> um, I don't think they're a legit three-in-one team, and it should not be this close. Minus three, lock it in, Packers over the Bengals. That's a, that's a steal. Oh, that's a great one. They're basically asking how much free money do you want? I will probably put money on that game. Nate, do you All want right. me to go next? Yeah, you go ahead, Layden. So mine, we kind of had a little debate about this to make sure we didn't all have the same one. My lock of the week is, if my phone will open, Tennessee Titans minus four against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know I've been the Jaguars truther all offseason. Uh, normally I'd avoid this game, but the Titans just lost to the Jets. 
they're probably very upset with themselves, very angry, reevaluating probably everything the week, like we, the week leading up to the Jaguars. Because in division game, it'll always be more important. I think part of them, I don't know if I, I can even have the words to say this. I think some of them were even looking ahead for the divisional game. I don't want to say for the Jacks, but because it's a divisional game, I think they looked at that a little bit closer than the Jets. Uh, and everything about Urban Meyer with the Jaguars, apparently the players are saying they're not happy. He's a distraction. They don't trust him as a leader, blah, 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 whatever it is. Either way, it's a distraction. It's there. They just lost kind of their – when they played their best game against the Bengals on last-second field goal. I would hammer Titans minus four all day, every day. It's a good pick. Those were the two that I was definitely looking at. Um, I think those def- more than any of them stood out the most to me that sounded like value lines for the matchups. So this one, after uh, taking some taking some guff from Layton for my pick last week, on the Ravens plus one at the Broncos. He said that was a layup. Shouldn't have even been there. Shouldn't have even counted. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. And no. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Bucks minus oh. nine versus the Miami Dolphins. I want every bit of that. That line should be minus 11, and I would still take it. Yikes. Dang. I seriously thought you were going to go Panthers minus three and a half because I really like that game too. Well, that was one that I was definitely looking at. I thought that was the one you were referring to when we were talking pre-show. That is my – You know, another one – It kind of scares kinda, me. Kind of preposterous. And I'm shocked. Like, if it was a primetime game, I would be more okay with it. Dallas Which minus one? seven against the Giants, like in Dallas. Yeah. I think that one's pretty stupid too, because like the Giants. You think you think Dallas anything. should be more? more oh my gosh! Like I think yeah. it should yeah. be like minus nine at least. Sorry, we interrupted yeah. you, Nate. Go ahead with yours. What? With your, were you going to expound on the Bucks pick? Oh no, not really. Oh, I was pretty much good with that, but no, yeah, John, I 100% agree. The. Uh, I think if the Giants don't win that game in overtime, I think we see like a 10 point line here. Yeah. 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 I agree. And I don't, th- and I don't think the Giants are any better for winning that game. Honestly, it was overtime. It was NFL overtime. Do you guys like saints minus one and a half against the football team? I'm staying away from that one. That one. Just... I feel like I don't know the saints as a football team at all this year. I have no idea who they are or what their identity is. Yeah, just curious. But no, it, it's one that definitely uh, seems inviting, but I don't know. I, I can tell you one thing I'm not touching, though. It's those Detroit Lions. I will probably never, <laughs> never think about them again. I See, I, I honestly, I like Minnesota minus seven and a half a lot. Gosh, yeah. if that was six and a half, I'd take it all day. Minnesota's yeah. good. They're, they're, they're the best one and three team in the league by a long shot. To be honest, I feel like they are every single season. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually really true. <laughs> I feel like the Vikings are this year's Vikings is probably one of the best one and three teams I've ever seen. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like they've they've played very good teams. They've lost some tough games. Like yeah, I, I mean this is a good. This is a really good parlay week. I like this one. If we, get the, if we get the right ones going in there, I don't know. Honestly, the, they, lost, they lost to the Bengals on an overtime field goal. They right. lost to the Cardinals by one point. Right, yeah. It was in Arizona. 433. They beat the, right. oh, They missed a field goal to win. They missed a field goal. They almost beat the Cardinals, who everybody's all high and gung-ho on. They beat the Braves off the Seahawks, and they lose by seven to a physical Browns team. I just talked myself into Vikings minus seven and a half. Yeah, I, I like the, yeah. I like the Vikings in that game. I'm getting oh. minus seven over here. I, um, I love that even more. <laughs> yep. I guess one one other thing while we're here, I in looking at the Cardinals minus five and a half. Yeah, that was one. I yep. 
was really actually leaning more towards the 49ers in this game. Oh. Even though they're on the road, even though Trey Lance is starting. That doesn't bother you? I think, I think that this may be the – like, I think we could see uh, Arizona's offense get stalled here in this game. That's fair. I think, I think San Francisco could actually apply some pressure, and we could see Kyler Murray get out of rhythm. I'm avoiding that game, though, still. <laughs> but, Jimmy, do you guys have yeah, anything else to understood. add? Probably need to get out of here. Yeah, I nope. can get through these let's, let, all night. let the viewers <laughs> go. All right. Well, hey, follow us on Instagram at fantasy underscore chumps. Send us in your questions, even some questions for the lock of the week. Thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, guys.